lessons in editing the Bounds Spiritual Life books. We buried Claude L. Chilton, February 18, 1929. What a meeting of these two great saints of God, of shining panoply and knightly grace. Homer W. Hodge, Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Chapter 1 Prayer and Faith. A dear friend of mine, who was quite a lover of the chase, told me the following story. Rising early one morning, he said, I heard the baying of a score of deer hounds in pursuit of their quarry. Looking away to a broad open field in front of me, I saw a young fawn making its way across, and giving signs, moreover, that its race was well-nigh run. Reaching the rails of the enclosure, it leaped over and crouched within ten feet from where I stood. A moment later, two of the hounds came over, when the fawn ran in my direction and pushed its head between my legs. I lifted the little thing to my breast, and swinging round and round, fought off the dogs. I felt just then that all the dogs in the West could not and should not capture that fawn after its weakness had appealed to my strength. So is it when human helplessness appeals to Almighty God. Well do I remember when the hounds of sin were after my soul, until, at last, I ran into the arms of Almighty God. A. C. Dixon In any study of the principles and procedure of prayer, of its activities and enterprises, first place must, of necessity, be given to faith. It is the initial quality in the heart of any man who essays to talk to the unseen. He must, out of sheer helplessness, stretch forth hands of faith. He must believe where he cannot prove. In the ultimate issue, prayer is simply faith claiming its natural yet marvelous prerogatives, faith taking possession of its illimitable inheritance. True godliness is just as true, steady, and persevering in the realm of faith as it is in the province of prayer. Moreover, when faith ceases to pray, it ceases to live. Faith does the impossible because it brings God to undertake for us, and nothing is impossible with God. How great, without qualification or limitation, is the power of faith! If doubt be banished from the heart, and unbelief made stranger there, what we ask of God shall surely come to pass, and a believer hath vouchsafed to him whatsoever he saith. Prayer projects faith on God and God on the world. Only God can move mountains, but faith and prayer move God. In his cursing of the fig tree, our Lord demonstrated his power. Following that, he proceeded to declare that large powers were committed to faith and prayer, not in order to kill, but to make alive, not to blast, but to bless. At this point in our study, we turn to a saying of our Lord which there is need to emphasize, since it is the very keystone of the arch of faith and prayer. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them.
we should ponder well that statement. Believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Here is described a faith which realizes, which appropriates, which takes. Such faith is a consciousness of the divine, an experienced communion, a realized certainty. Is faith growing or declining as the years go by? Does faith stand strong and foursquare these days, as iniquity abounds and the love of many grows cold? Does faith maintain its hold, as religion tends to become a mere formality and worldliness increasingly prevails? The enquiry of our Lord may, with great appropriateness, be ours. When the Son of Man cometh, he asks, shall he find faith on the earth? We believe that he will, and it is ours.